This is a bonus episode of At Night I Fly, but before we get into it, I'd like to share with you one cute moment. Working with Spoon is hard because we can't really share information, and I often have to do work, and I don't won't know if he likes it. For example, the theme song. Um, before we record for the next episode, would you like to hear the theme song I made? Uh, yeah. Alright, so here's the theme song. At night... At night, I fly. And I was nervous because I really was proud of this song. Today I, die. I, th- I think it sounds dope. I die In this episode, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, Smooth's acting, and his love life. Things that we don't talk and about in night, the larger series. I fly. How does that sound? Oh, will he like it? Will he like it? Will he like it? Sounds good. Yeah! Sounds cool. <laughs> I, so I closed my eyes and I saw the night a little bit, so that's cool. Okay, now for the actual bonus episode. It's about Spoon, that cat. Okay, now for the actual episode. Last Thanksgiving, I talked to Spoon. Most holidays in prison aren't that special. How was uh, how was your Christmas? Uh, fucked up. Yeah, ain't nothing that good happening Christmas in here. The food is horrible, and I didn't get a visit. So what the how the hell you think it's another day in here for me? But this one, Thanksgiving, actually was special. Something happened Thursday on Thanksgiving. MC Hammer came in. Hammer time, MC Hammer. And it was cold out there when he started doing Kate Touch This. People started coming out of the visiting room, coming out there in the cold, checking it out. It just warmed up the whole place. So, Spoon had a good Thanksgiving, but not because he's actually into Thanksgiving. I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't like how they did the Indians. And one of my ancestors was Indian, half Indian, but, you know, I celebrate food. <laughs> I love eating. Yeah. I want to travel the world and eat everywhere. Yeah? Well, what's on your list? Uh, Italy, France, Sweden, Norway, uh, Tunisia, Nigeria, probably any country that... Not at war, blowing up things that I want to go to. I want to go to France and sit outside on the cafe and watch people, because that's where a lot of artists went to, especially the artists of color when they were discriminated against here in this country. And so I want to go sit in the cafe. A lot of writers go there and just sit in the cafe and write. And that's what I want to do, and check out the atmosphere. And Samuel Beckett is buried over in France, so I want to go visit his grave, because I did Waiting for Godot, and he was a... Uh, kept in contact with us while we developed the play. So I want to see his grave and just, you know, say a couple of words. Spoon performed Samuel Beckett's Theater of the Absurd masterpiece Waiting for Godot. This was in San Quentin in the late 80s. A lot of people heard about it, including... Samuel Beckett did? What? Yeah. Oh, wow. I I, I didn't know that. He kept in contact with the like my poetry, uh, gave him a chapbook and, and he talked about my poetry that he liked it and even sent me a letter and I sent him a letter and all that stuff. It's it's so funny because you are so proactive with your poetry and your art that even though you're locked up, you're friends with Ani DeFranco, you've corresponded with Samuel Beckett, you just you just saw MC Hammer. Like yeah. In some ways you're more connected than a lot of people. And Gloria Steinem loved my writing and she... Gave me her real address, and I write her. So, funny thing, too, happened with that the guy that plays on Roseanne. 
can't remember what's that guy name that played on Roseanne. John Goodman. John Goodman, yeah. He played uh, Pozzo with my friend Bill Irwin on Broadway not too long ago. And Bill had him send me a letter and stuff, you know, how much he liked my work and how to play Pozzo. It was kind of cool. He said Pozzo was Big Baby. That's what he called him. It was a joke that only Pozzos know, you know. During Waiting for Godot, Spoon met his first wife, a Swedish painter that worked on the production. Tell, tell me that romance and story. Well, she was... <laughs> I bet if she had came in to uh, San Quentin to paint the play and to paint the characters of the play, and uh, we ended up becoming friends, and after she didn't come into prison no more, we ended up getting married. Did you get any hints before before she... Um... No. Oh, so you didn't no. know at all? You didn't know that she was developing feelings? Well, probably developing feelings, but that's different. So when she stopped volunteering, then contact began. Yeah? She started to visit. Now, I had a little controversy when, uh, after she stopped coming in, they found out that we started writing and getting to know each other and we immediately wanted to get married because, you know, we hit on all levels, on all cylinders. And it sort of pissed the uh, head of arts and corrections off, who was at the prison at the time. And he said, why don't y'all wait until the play is over to get married? And of course I said, no, because this is my life and I gotta live my life. In the moment, this has nothing to do with the play. And so we went ahead and got married. Yeah, but then uh, the system here is so angry where they treat people really bad. They were treating prisoners, uh, wives and visitors really bad, too. And she not being an American citizen, she didn't understand why there was such animosity. And, you know, I'm black and she's white. And the thing, and she got burnt out, you know, on having to, because they moved me from San Quentin to Folsom. And she got burnt out on having to uh, figure out ways to come visit me. And so she was started losing weight and one looking healthy. And I, she and I both decided she should go back to Sweden. And she did. Normally Spoon reads his own poems because he wrote them. <laughs> but I'm going to read this one today. It's an excerpt from How Long. How long will I only be a few sheets of paper, a stamp, an envelope? How many more words must we share before I can see your smile, the way your lips part to speak, the way your hair looks when touched by the wind? How long will I mildew in your past? When I look out over this bay, every ripple, every wave is a thought, a sweet memory of you. There are so many ripples, so many waves. The fragrance and taste of you is still in the air. The softness of your skin still upon my fingertips. How many more sleepless nights must I endure, creating mysterious faces and bodies that are not yours? Is it is it possible? I mean, I've I've heard of successful marriages with someone who's incarcerated, but yeah. do you think it was possible for you, or do you ever wonder what it would have been, what your relationship would have been like if you would have met on the outside? 
Yeah, I think it would have been way better if I met on the outside because we were able to have all the physicality we wanted and able to go places we wanted to go and eat the food we wanted to eat. And the, the, the thing with it, it took away family visits too. So when I met my second wife, we never got a chance to have family visits, which I did with my first wife, which was Swedish. We had a chance to, you know, to be together in a way people need to. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. And it took away family visits, even though family visits was proven to 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 to, to be effective uh, rehabilitation tools that. that prevented violence, that helped prevented violence, that helped prevented recidivism and all that. It was a proven factor, but still they, they limited the regular visits and they took away family visits from lifers who needed them the most. So, what do you think of... My second wife, I was, yeah, was going to get married to another woman who, her name was Tina, and she was a, uh, I mean, she was a hell of a writer, and she got me in trouble one time. She wrote an article so beautiful about how the visiting was horrible over there at CMC and it was in the local paper and so they came into the visiting room and got on my case saying if you want to get family visits you better stop writing this here straight threatening me <laughs> but then you know after a while we couldn't she was we wouldn't allow to get family visits so she ended up leaving and I understood that I wasn't mad at her because you know she had a sex drive which is normal she should have a sex drive next person I married, she's older than me, and she was hoping to get me out of prison, and it just all wore down, and when I got transferred up to New Folsom, she disappeared, and I wasn't mad at her, and I didn't hear anything about her until 2013, then I found out in 2017 or 18 that she died. Oh, wow. So, I'm a widow, widower. Do you feel like you don't don't have the option to be angry or resentful when these relationships? I mean, they they all ended for like uh, very different reasons. Well, they all yeah, but they all basically ended because of prison. And uh, the thing is, I don't get upset at my friends because I try to be friends with people first, and I put myself in prison, and they're not responsible for me being in prison. And it's a hard life to have a loved one in prison. And so, when it, when it gets too heavy, I can't get mad at We just, I just said, we have we friends first, and if it's too heavy for you, we're friends afterwards. We can still move on both move on and be friends forever. But what, what do you do with all that anger? I mean, it, it seems like it, it would, it's, it's such a... Uh, I don't want to like use the word injustice all the time, but it's yeah, that's that you're being robbed of. Uh, yeah, it's all out of your control. I, I imagine you. Do you have moments where you're just like completely angry, hateful? Well, I have great moments. Well, yeah, resenting being still in prison after so long, and but but I channel. Because it's my niche to try to share with others. It's my niche to be real. It's my niche to be the knight of realness. 
Thanks for listening. My name is Matthew Schneeman. I produced and did the music for this episode. Spoon Jackson's work can be found online. He wrote a poetry book called Longer Ago That's Great, a memoir called By Heart. There's a petition on change.org for his sentence to be reevaluated. Next week, we'll have a normal full length episode. 